1: On the show today, we have Donnie Williams. How are you doing, Donnie? I'm holding up. (laughs) It's great to talk to you, Donnie. I've known uh, Donnie for many, many years. Um, I would say that we're very fortunate to talk to him today. He is really one of the people that has been a pioneer in digitizing the media landscape and being a key leader for one of the most dynamic agencies which is Horizon Media. Donnie is the EVP and Chief Digital Officer at Horizon Media. He also is the co-founder of another agency called Night Market, board director of many other things. Um, pretty much if, if there's something new happening in the digital media landscape, it seems that Donnie has a hand in it. And so I'm really excited to talk to him about how he sees the, the future evolving and how the, the last year has kind of evolved for him and Horizon. Before we get into that, Donnie, tell us a little bit about your background and and your career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um again, thanks for having me, Ben. Good to catch up. Um so I've been I've been working in digital marketing for uh 20 plus years at this point. I I jumped into the career when the field was kind of emerging, you know, the timeline there probably says it all, but I I kind of I hopped into a full-service agency um, focused on project management and got to see a lot of the creative side of the business, a lot of the uh, emerging digital media side of the business at that point, and um, and even some kind of early, you know, early analytics type work. It was a, it was a heavy performance based uh, gig at that point. I was doing some work for Dell Consumer and doing some work for uh, Marriott brands and Unilever, and it was all totally funky, bizarre, and, uh, and kind of fun, young, young folk and skateboards and, and all well, that.
1: You know, it's so funny, Donnie, when you talk about that, I think about, uh, you know, when I started in the digital space and somebody asked me like, what was the first stuff that you worked on? I'm, I'm a bit older than you. And, um, you know, I said, the first thing I did was a, a, a screen saver for, <laughs> for, for Guinness beer. And uh, people, uh, the, I was explaining this to kind of a group of 20-somethings
0: and they all looked at me like, what's a screensaver? Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> that's right. I think I spent 70% of my time, um, I'm gonna mess up all the language here, but I, I, like 70% of my time negotiating homepage takeovers, like oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> a heavy presence on like the portal homepage type type stuff. Um, which again, at that point, was like lots of dollars, um, a great learning opportunity, and really marquee brands. I mean, working across blue chip brands, and and a lot of those folks who I partnered with early on, who I worked with early on, are still in the industry and having a in an, an impact. And that was kind of my first exposure to professional world and holding companies. Uh, my family, in part, is L.A. based, and uh. You know, right around you know, I guess the early 2000s, the market had a had a had a pretty tough go of it, and um decided as as a youngster that I want to check out living in LA full time. Picked up with Densu out there, USA at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Worked in some auto stuff. A lot of the LA marketplace band, as you're well aware, a lot of the yeah. LA marketplaces like entertainment driven, auto driven. Um, so uh, I did a little bit of the entertainment side of things. I spent some years in the auto world as well, working with Hyundai Kia, which is ironic at this point in my career. And uh, also got to touch Adidas, which was that first moment in time where, and now this is probably, you know, this is somewhere around 2005 yeah. or so. It was the first moment in time where I actually saw a brand marketer thinking about digital media as a platform to promote, um, you know, the essence of a brand, like a real brand strategy um so kind of like that mesh point between brand marketing and performance marketing yeah. um, and where they actually announced like the or they introduced the um, impossible is nothing um platform which right. was one of the coolest like just the coolest advertising campaign which by the way is still out there yeah. running um spent some years in venice beach and like uh got kind of fat and you know got kind of sloppy it's a beautiful area but i was spending too much time on the beach and and uh decided wanted to to be back in new york and eventually along the lines there picked up with horizon and, and bill koningsberg and um started to think through uh really how i wanted to and how we wanted to see uh, the future of media and marketing services organizations. I mean, Verizon right. was a tiny company back then with a great spirit. And uh, and so it was really just kind of an open canvas for us to to create uh, a next generation of agencies. And fast forward now, I'm going to yeah, be invited. And I mean, I think that, you know, yeah. Bill, Bill and you and
1: that team at Horizon has just been phenomenal in terms of continuing to evolve the model, coming up with new things. And so you know, I, I've noticed that there's been this push um, where where media companies are, are clearly seeing the stronger connection into commerce. And uh, I saw that uh, you guys uh, launched Night Market and um, some of the other activities. I'd love to hear more about what you guys are focused on in some of those areas right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the field at large has changed in that <clears throat> the accountability, conti- you know, has just been like a huge point of emphasis. Companies like ours basically can't stick around if we're not improving the way our clients go to market, improving the outcome, the business outcomes associated with our services. So for us to get as close to the consumer behavior as possible and help to inform that experience, I mean, that's huge. That's uh that's you know that's, that's paramount, so we we have a, this huge performance marketing services at the organization um and that's a lot of like the lever pulling around biddable you know all the stuff that you know all the stuff that's related to performance search yeah. marketing programmatic social marketing and beyond yeah and um the next frontier for us about two years ago at this point was making sure that we really had kind of the the commerce side of things bolted down um so a lot, of, you know, a lot of what we're doing today, and it's a, it's a really fast moving um, machine, but a lot of what we're doing right now is providing own and operated strategy, which is making sure that the user experience on the site side or own assets for marketers is, is really strong. Um, we're helping to translate data across all these huge, you know, emerging third party environments that are huge mechanisms for revenue generation, the Walmarts, Amazons and beyond. Um, and then we're feeding that that information back into our overall communication strategy process, right? Like all aspects of every touch point to try to enable that, that like, so super silly, but like frictionless buying, right? Like consumers don't want to be beaten over the head with brand messaging. They want to figure out how to get access to whatever product they're interested in at that point in time. So So for us, like... Really stripping away the burden of the purchase process and the relationship between brands and consumers is important, and uh, and that's what Night Markets here to do. And it's a uh, you know quickly it's it's an interesting service division and it's a it's a separate entity. It's an affiliate of Verizon. But it's an interesting go to market because it's one part consultative. It's you know it's a lot of like trying to put yourself in a, in a marketers and or a business operators uh, shoes and think about the future of their own. Um, business ops, um, and then it's one part services, right? So it's it's like, hey, you know, we've got this great idea. We've, you know, we we know what's going to really encourage behavior change. We can also help facilitate that if, for some reason, you're just not in a point, uh, you know, a moment in time where you can make that decision on your own or invest in those resources uh, on your own. So it's 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 been well received. It's led by a super bright guy from Deloitte, uh, Randy Browning's been around the the industry for a long time. And um, it's been a it's been a huge facet of our success over the past six months. And then, you know, the 12 months leading up where we've gone through the hairiest economic situation imaginable. Yeah. And beyond. So
1: no, I mean, I, I I love it. And I, I, I see that push uh, where media companies are are really trying to marry that that. I'd say that performance or programmatic world together with the next phase which is very much commerce and sometimes pulling that back into content so it kind of I, it completely makes sense that that you guys would be pushing in, into that area. But with with that in mind I mean certainly the industry is shifting and changing and we've seen you know the announcements of a cookieless world which almost seems like it goes against the challenges that we face, you know, or, or the direction we were going um you know to build a much more targeted world how how are you guys uh looking at that type of challenge
0: yeah well so it's it's funny um i think we so there there's the challenge of all of the the noise around cookie-less marketing there's there's that, that there's that challenge which is distinct to today <laughs> and there is there's the challenge of the past two years or so when we've been thinking about how to invest in our own company in support of you know a viable future for ourselves and uh and like a relevant um uh organization for the brands that we aspire to partner with uh, so you know it's like the stuff hasn't really thrown us off course we've we've spent a tremendous amount of money on data infrastructure um, you know we had our eyes on consent management really early on, so we're you know we're not concerned about now kind of talking to consumers about uh whether or not their information should be there is a value exchange related to their to their uh their personal data. that's something that we were talking about years ago um and we've got a tremendous amount of investment in analytics, right so right. for us to shift from kind of third party insights to modeled insights is not a profound. Uh, change in in our operations and or our investment strategy from a resourcing standpoint so you know I think there's a there's a big point of emphasis related to um, education and making sure that that clients know what to expect over the next 12 months and beyond um, I think there is definitely the transparency factor which is like Chip, it feels like we're going to have a lot of these consolidated partnerships where we have like a platform strategy versus an omnichannel strategy like Google, Facebook, what does Amazon look like, what does Walmart right. look like and beyond. So we we you know we're navigating some of that stuff as well. Trade desk is uh certainly too. Um but it's not but it's more of a it's more of a dialogue and an education and just kind of a, you know, slowing down kind of the speed at which we were invested in our own data asset strategy right. and making sure people know that, you know, that we're, we're in this thing for the long term, you know, we don't have to, we're not, this isn't an upheaval moment for us. This is really a double down moment for us, which has been exciting. It's been resonating. I mean, Ben, you and I were chatting about it before we popped on um, our business is not, our business is not like, going well, our business is exploding. And a lot of it is because we have a long term view um, and we've been able to anticipate some of these market changes. And now it's just, you know, making sure that everyone amongst the 150 brands and beyond that we work with. Are yeah, no,
1: I mean, I, I remember talking to you years ago about some of the challenges that companies need to have and need to be thinking about in terms of first party data and versus third party data. and And certainly some companies were getting ready for that stuff earlier. Ahead of others, Um, certainly, I think your clients were ahead because you guys were 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 developing kind of an evolutionary approach with them in the right way, and so that completely completely makes sense. What other things are you excited about in terms of what's happening in the industry right now?
0: Well, so I'm excited by uh, media behavior, which sounds not exciting, but it is kind of exciting. I mean, I I love like. I love that there seems to be a boiled-down consumer view. Like everyone's kind of gravitated toward streaming services. Everyone's got their favorite content assets, and um, and there's you know it's been like an incredible acceleration around the shift in in uh, in consumption behavior. And and for my world, for for digital for people who have who have been like practitioners practitioners of digital marketing forever, this is like the moment, right? We're, yeah. We're thrilled that we have this closed loop environment where we can, we can really, you know, navigate any sort of strategy from a communication standpoint and from a delivery standpoint. So that that's, you know, that's that's it. That's you, we've kind of like arrived. You could actually yeah. be a full funnel marketer and only invest in digital platforms and and um, yeah, no, I, really I think exciting.
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, it, you know, all of the stuff that we used to talk about and be frustrated about with TV not being something that somehow so, somehow t v had to be navigated or in a in a kind of an old worldly way seems to be finally breaking down and and starting to become attributable and connected which is which is spectacular which is it's spectacular here.
0: It's, yeah so, so tell
1: fun. me i mean Donnie, yeah. you're obviously um you know running uh, a, a, a huge part of what uh, Horizon Media is about these days. Um, you know, how has the pandemic shifted what you guys have been doing? And uh, just on a personal note, how 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 have you how have
0: you been staying sane in this whole time, the whole period? Right. Well, we so you you know, listen. You you've been to our offices in New York. I think you've been to our offices in LA. We have offices in Toronto, yeah. and we're we're thinking through the next kind of meaningful print for us. I, I mean, honestly, Donnie, there are offices that I'd never want to go to again,
1: but your office is actually one of the few offices that I definitely want
0: to go back to. <laughs> you you're not alone. I, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm telling you, I, I hang out with the uh, with some of the guys from So Far Sounds. I don't know if you you check yeah. them out at all. Yeah. And we we you know talk to them once a month or whatever. I have a couple friends over there, and uh, we're always like, geez, when we're allowed to, and they're coming back. When we're allowed to. We're going to use that space for a whole bunch of great events, um, which is exciting to think about. But, it, but you know, I, the beyond the fact that you're, that our that our company culture is uh, has has been an area of emphasis for us, and a lot of it um, was related to the physical identity of the brand. Um, beyond beyond that, there is there is a real like there's a real meaningful. Cultural element to kind of the drive by in office experience and uh and I would say it you know on the on the business side we are safe and sound um which is great which is you know which we're so excited about there's there's really no way to to over um you know to to be like overly compelled by the way the business has been growing but right. It kind of feels like the vulnerability is just in those like more intimate moments where you're trying to um, give the entire community of, of the organization access to leadership and visibility around projects that they're really uh, excited about and and uh, access to brands that they may not have had an opportunity to part or work with in the past. And, and all the stuff that, that goes into creating a talent-rich culture and... Uh, and so it's been a, that's been a real kick in the, you know, kick in the pants. Are you guys still remote or? Yeah, yeah we're, we're distributed right now. So we, we did, we, we came back in the fall or late, late summer, fall, and we had a, you know, a smaller percentage of the, um, the company in New York specifically in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, we turned it off again in, in uh, November, kind of late fall when the numbers started to get a little bit um, higher. We, uh, we're planning right now on being back to the office at a percentage in September. Um, okay. and that looks really good. We're excited by that. You know, we're hoping for a little bit earlier, but some September feels right. Um, and, and at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're not going to make anyone do anything they're not comfortable with. You know, we, right. we don't see an employee driven community having over 50% of its like, you know, employees in the office at any given time. We think a percentage of people are just off in a different model, which makes a lot of sense, like embracing this distributed model. But we think it's an um, amazingly important um, and valuable to have those moments where you know again, where you can get the entire cross section of the community uh, exposed to one another um, and learning from one another and growing around one another. so we're we're excited to get back. It's right. going to be a different different physical environment. Um, it's really about, it's about nurturing our talent and that's, that's why we've been successful and that's where we'll continue to invest. So, I mean, I, I know that you guys
1: have definitely been succeeding and I, I think, you know, obviously the, the economic news about the first quarter of this year in the U S at least was very positive. And I, I, I have seen so much activity from, from marketers as they kind of wake up and, and, and. Choose new partners or expand uh, marketing activities, but I mean, as you look forward for the next, let's say,
0: year to eighteen months, what what do you how do you see that landscape unfolding? Yeah, so it's you 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 listed a whole bunch of the dimensions that are occurring right now, and the other thing that's happening is like there's a real comparison shopping type of a behavior that's happening in our industry, and and one of those points or those data, those, those like signals, like could I be doing this more cost effectively myself? Could I be investing in the type right. of talent that could drive my business forward? So, you know, we, we feel like it's, it's a, it, this is not something that I would love to share with every brand that we work with, but I, but I do in part look at our clients as competitors. And I, and I mean that only in that it drives our organization to continue to, Apply new processes, you know, implement new strategies and technologies in order to service them effectively. If we're not, if we're not better, if we're not "quote unquote" better at marketing than they are, then why would they want to partner with us in the first place? You know, so it's it's a lot of just pushing ourselves to not only uh, manage business on a day to day, but also anticipate how their businesses are going to change over time, so that we can continue to deliver that value requirement. Um, so huge emphasis on education and training and, and again, talent, like the talent pool right now is, is okay, but it's so competitive. There are so many options for people as you as you mentioned, like business is starting to turn on again, the economy right. is starting to rebound competitors all over the place, including our brands, but also these monstrous media and technology companies that benefit from the talent that we groom. Right. Um, so we, you know, we've got our hands full, but it's about being the best marketing practice, like modern day marketing practitioner that we can be, and then scaling that to service hundreds of brands and campaigns, thousands of campaigns. So it's, it's not a small challenge. It's not,
1: a, it's not a small challenge. But Donnie, you've done a hell of a job throughout your career doing it. <laughs> so I, I, I know that you've always been a little. A couple steps ahead of everybody. So uh, I'm, I'm confident that Horizon is going to continue to lead the way. It's been great to have you on Uncaged today. Uh, we've been talking to Donnie Williams. He is the EVP and Chief Digital Officer of Horizon Media. Uh, he also is a co-founder of a related agency to Horizon, which is Night Market, and involved in many, many other activities. Um, Donnie, great to hear your perspective on everything. If, if anybody wants to connect with you, where should they find
0: you? Yeah, yeah. well, you can always get me all over social media. Um, and if you want to hit me at my, uh, my work address, it's first initial, last name at Horizon Media. So okay. Dean Williams at Verizon
1: Media. Well, listen, Donnie, thank you so much for being on CAGE. And I'm excited to see how this year progresses. I'll
0: talk soon. And I appreciate it. Good to connect.